Welcome to Keeping Track, a Trapmania community podcast where I interview your favourite players and ask them the same set of five questions. The guest this episode is a pillar of the Irish Trapmania community, Babsify. He joins us to discuss his surprise Frenchness, his favourite football team and the state of Trapmania esports. So, question one, uh, when did you get into Trackmania and what was it about the game that got you hooked? Um, so I probably got into the game in, in two parts, maybe. Uh, a long time ago, uh, something that a lot of people know about me, but a lot of people don't, is that I grew up in France. So despite the Irish accent, um, there's a heavy French influence, which is probably going to link me quite heavily to the game. Um, but yeah, back one of my best mates when I was growing up followed um, the streamers of Raider, which a lot of people will know. And um, and yeah, I remember him just showing me sort of videos of uh, of the Raider and and the Raider Cup and all of these Trackmania things. And back then, it, it was just something cool to watch and interact with. I think one day uh, I might have played you know Trackmania Turbo uh, with him when I was younger. Uh, and then nothing really came of it until summer of 2021, um, where until until then I was playing competitive Rainbow Six uh, for my university team, and that game was starting to starting to sort of bore me, and I, I was not uh, as interested in it as I, I previously was. So I was looking for something new to play, and I just started playing Trackmania casually, playing the campaign. Um, contacted my mate from long ago and we we discovered the campaigns had a good bit of fun he ended up dropping it but uh i stayed with it and that was yeah like nearly two and a half years ago and uh haven't looked back since that uh that rainbow six is actually quite fascinating because if there was an fps that i would consider to be quite like track mania it would probably be siege because <laughs> it's it's very like pixel perfect like managing the peaks managing the movement uh, how much do you think that benefited, or was it just a completely new game when you when you fully dived into Trackmania? Um, I think yeah, you, you, you've you've hit a good point there. I think it, you can take it in two ways. I think a lot of people come to Trackmania after playing other racing games or playing Rocket League, um, where sort of mechanics wise, that's going to help you. Um, which maybe I didn't have. I, I I never played any other racing game before Trackmania, but where it has helped me probably is the like breadth of knowledge that you need i feel like trekmania is a game you know that's played in two parts one part of the mechanics and then the other part is actually understanding what's happening and how you can how you can alter that and how you can benefit from from your your own inputs if that makes sense it sounds a little bit ridiculous but there are there are a lot of things like that and in terms of yeah relating it back to siege that's that's what drew me to siege compared to any other fps was the tactical uh, sort of prowess that you needed to to play in in a five man team and understand the maps and understand how plays worked, understanding the operators um, and communicating properly. And it's it's really like something you have to take time to learn. Uh, and I guess in that sense, it's quite similar to Trackmania. So, do, do you think it was kind of fortunate that Trackmania was that thing that came after Siege, or was there something about Trackmania uh, that sort of pushed through where perhaps another game might not have, have scratched that itch? Um, I think it just happened by chance. Honestly, I was I was looking for something to, you know, you know, Siege, 
I, I loved it for the same reason I hated it is is because it required so much effort. Um, mm-hmm. And I was trying to find sort of a balance where I could play another game casually and sort of enjoy that more and then really sort of, I guess, try hard when I was playing Siege. Um, but something that a lot of people close to me would know that is that I can't play two games at the same time because mm-hmm. whenever I get into one and I'm invested in it, I want to play competitively and I want to get to the best uh, ability that I can. So after a while, I started enjoying Trackmania more and, and yeah, I guess... I mean, I guess it's lucky that it, it came because I'm I'm still here two years two years later talking to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the whole community, I think, has has been bettered by uh, your <laughs> let's say frustrations with Siege and then finding uh, finding Trackmania as the the second game, uh, which is now the first game, which is which is great. Um, question two: uh, What input device do you use and why? Uh, so I use a PS4 controller. Um, and it was just the sort of first thing, I guess, that came to, came to hand. It was the thing that was most readily available. I think I had a PS4 at the time and, uh, yeah, had the controller there and it's actually the same controller that I'm using now, two and a half years later. And I probably had that PS4 for a good four, five years, maybe. So my controller is still going strong, uh, Maybe a bit of stick drift, but uh, but it's good. I, I mean, I've I've considered the benefits of other input devices. It's, I, you know, before playing Siege, I was a young teenager playing Fortnite, um, and that's also a game where you have to really consider your input device, mm. um, and and yeah, you, that's something I, you know, I'm not far into is considering the benefits of each. And I'm quite happy that I've stuck with um, with controller. I think just generally, in my opinion, it is the overall best input device. If um, if you did have to swap, so let you know, controller's gone. Uh, do you think you would head towards keyboard or go in the opposite direction with wheel? I think I'd probably go towards wheel, um, just because I feel like the benefits of a wheel are enough to draw me to it compared to the hindrances that you might have with a keyboard. Mm. Um, I've, I have played keyboard sometimes when either I haven't had access to my controller or for various reasons I, I, I couldn't play with it. Um, and keyboard is a completely different game. I feel like it's, you know, there's no, there's no half steering. Well, obviously there's action keys, but for most corners and most anything, you're just going to have to gauge how much you're tapping one button, which is a, a completely different sort of mechanic compared to controller. Whereas seeing players like Granadi and Wizzy, obviously it takes a lot of time to master, but I feel like Wheel would be would, would be the one, the one I go for. I am um, on the keyboard thing, I think, I don't know if this has ever, ever happened to you, but when you're in a cup of the day, and for some reason, your like computer just has a mode, <laughs> and the drivers—I don't know what goes on—and then the um, the controller disconnects. I've had that happen a couple times because I, I had some weird setups, and having to try and play out a couple of the day on keyboard, to me, is just like completely alien. And I almost always go out in the first or second round, uh, firstly because I didn't know how to respawn, but also <laughs> just like this is so alien. And, and like you mentioned, you know, it's it's on or off and tapping, and then all of that just felt uh so odd that being said i'm I'm way better on ice i think with a keyboard so 
doing the old switch is probably the uh, the best way of going it. Yeah, no, it's 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 it really is very different. I I found it like I've tried it sometimes because you know I I, I wouldn't want to say that I you know the controller is the superior input device without actually having tried keyboard. So I have tried it sometimes, but even just the basics, you really need to take time to learn it. Like even just one precision start turn is a real challenge when you're like switching to keyboard. So yeah, I've, I've just stuck with controller the whole way. That's uh, that's good to know. And uh, it will put you down as another controller player. Uh, we've had obviously a whole host and we'll see, mm. we'll see what we get as well in the future. Um, question three. Uh, so what is your favorite map in uh, the history of Trapmania to compete on or to watch any, any, anything allowed? Um, uh, this is probably a question I should have prepared for, uh, <laughs> having known the format of the podcast. Um, I think my mind is drawn to a lot of competitive maps, just because that's where my focus lies heavily. Um, but then again, I am terrible for remembering names of maps. <laughs> I will remember that map from that season of that competition. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say to someone, you know, it had this turn, uh, <laughs> instead of saying the mapper name or the, the actual map name. Um, one map that was made by Doogie where I held the track of the day world record for about 20 hours and got sniped in the last Ooh, hour before it finished. That map, in a sense, maybe wasn't my favorite map that I've ever played, but it's probably the one that meant the most to me, um, just for the achievement of holding a world record and going on Twitch and watching people drive against my ghost and try and beat it. Um, I, I think it was it was called Blueberry Pie or something like that. Um, but what yeah, was about, What was it about that map then that you think... Uh, you were able to find that success? Was it just a map you were able to put a ton of time in that day or, or do you think there was more to it? Surprisingly not, no. I was, um, at the time I was uh, uh, relating to my studies, I was on placement in a, in a hospital, um, sort of working full time um, and Trackmania was very much my sort of release from that when I got home. Um, and I think pretty much every day I'd get home, I'd hop on the Irish, Irish VC in the British and Irish Trackmania Discord and I played the track of the day and quite enjoyed that one. I think with a lot of track of the days, I get frustrated with quality because I don't do as well as I feel I should. And then I end up just hunting the track afterwards as sort of a redemption arc for myself, if that makes sense. Um, and and this one, I don't know, it, it felt very similar to, to other tracks. You know, I was, you know, I could get a good time quite quickly and I was like, okay, I still have a few tents. I'll try and I'll try and eat them out, and uh, and then that should be a good time, and I can leave it there. But I got to a stage where I was about what seventh world or something, and I was like, you know what, there's there's something here that if I get the right run, I can I can probably snatch that first place. And it feels like a lot of track of the days, the early hours, there's a lot of players who are in that same mentality, so it's very much a race to the PB. Um, and mine didn't come instantly. It took me probably two, three hours. But when I did get it, it was a very good time. And I even surprised myself, I think. That's uh, that's really interesting. I love when you see those sort of those moments 
click for someone in regards to a certain map or a certain map style mm-hmm. and you see like a surprise really good performance in uh, in track of the day i think that's always um that's always quite nice to see all right then so question four uh if you were to take part in a Trackmania pro am event what celebrity would you want on your team hmm I know Wizzy chose Lando Norris. <laughs> yeah, Wizzy went for the winning the event angle. Yeah, I, I, I mean, meeting his, his hero as well, but yeah, winning the event, of course. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. And I feel like I'd probably go for some somebody I'd probably love to meet in real life. Um, this is going to sound very seven-year-old who, who loves watching football, but I think Hung Min Son. Um, Interesting would be the one I'd like to meet and, and, and maybe play with because he just seems like such a nice guy and uh, and he is the captain of the football club I support. So, yeah. So, uh, Spurs fan then, that's interesting. Uh, very uh, uh, sort of all over the place, from Ireland, grew up in France, currently studying in Wales, fan <laughs> of Spurs. What's happening there, Babs? Um, I'm as clueless as you are, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> I mean... I mean, if you want a little bit of backstory on me, uh, so obviously, yeah, I am Irish. Um, a lot of people would be able to hear that from the accent. And in- interestingly, a lot of people, probably half of the people that I meet hear something else in the accent. So they hear the Irish and they're like, but it's not exactly Irish. Um, and then that comes from growing up in France, uh, which I spent yeah, most of my life in France, basically. Um, and uh, as a young kid, one of my brothers is a, United fan, the other one is a Liverpool fan, and I'm the youngest of three, so I wanted to be different. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I chose to to suffer um, in a in a Spurs shirt. Uh, yeah. So, so your two brothers were fans of historically the two best teams mm-hmm. in the UK, uh, in England, uh, and you were like, let's pick a team that never wins any trophies. How's that panning out? You see, even now, I couldn't explain to you why I was drawn to them. Like, this is back in a period where, what, I think we had Emmanuel Adebayor, Benoit Suakoto, those sort of players. <laughs> it's not the sort of stuff that, you know, attracts you to a team. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, I just, I just, uh, yeah, I just chose that. And, I mean, it sounds like one of those, uh, like, you know, just wants to be different, supports the team, you know, that, that's kind of unique or, or popular. But it's been so long, like that was back when I was maybe nine years old. And it's been so long that now I, you know, I can't be separated from them because I've, I've lived through so much supporting the team. That, that makes a ton of sense. I think any, uh, any football fan has that moment, unless you do support, well, even now, you know, unless you support Man City, where you're like, I know my team aren't the best. Mm-hmm. but yeah. they're my team. And uh, no, I can, uh, I can respect that. Uh, and... <laughs> We won't we won't labour on the Tottenham take. Uh, <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll move on. Speaking of takes, there you go. That's a transition. Uh, question five: What is your track mania hot take? Um, so my hot take would probably be, and in in a sense, it's a hot take. In a sense, it isn't at all. But track mania has not reached its full potential competitively, and I believe it will. But I believe it'll be on the back of the community, like most things in the game. Okay. What do you think is 
holding it back is is perhaps too uh, pointed. But what do you you know what what do you think that potential is, and what do you think is currently missing in the offerings provided both by Nadio and and the community at the moment? Um, I think so. The groundworks are there to have a, a brilliant esports. I think nobody can deny that. We've got you know amazing talents and players, amazing drive from people who want to be competitive, want to be involved in the scene. Um, I think there just hasn't been, there have been efforts to sort of take it to a bigger stage, but they haven't been, um, I don't want to say big enough, but comprehensive enough is probably the word I'd use. You know, there have been individuals trying to sort of bring it to that sense, you know, softy comes to mind, SRK, a lot of the people I work with as well on events. Um, and I feel like for a long time, I was probably waiting from, from that push from Nadeo to make it happen. Uh, obviously their situation, you know, it, it's complicated to make that happen. They're under a different parent company. So it's, it's never, never really easy to commit all your resources to competitive. Um, and you know, the world tour has been an improvement, but I feel like now my hopes rest with the community to, to maybe I don't know, <laughs> assemble and, and really bring it to the next stage. And obviously the biggest question mark there is financials and getting sponsorships and getting prize pools and, and getting organizations to be interested. Um, because at the moment, I think we're on something of a downward spiral. You know, we had a, mm -hmm. had a peak with world tour, but the, the latest announcement of BDS leaving the game is I think more significant than a lot of people will will take it face value. Um, and it's something I don't want to see happen to any other orgs, but to keep them around, I think some changes are going to have to be made. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned BDS leaving. Um, obviously we are in the midst of somewhat of an esports winter. You know, we see the Overwatch league is well, all but dead. Um, whether or not that gets resurrected next year into something else, we see even, you know, the, pinnacle of, of esports if you want to put it that way in both league and counter-strike seem to be suffering uh do you think that affects track mania or are we small enough in a way that you know it's never really been driven by sponsorship anyway and there's probably still more to go before we have to worry about you know advertising dollars from big corporations yeah i, I think it, it goes both ways being small has its advantages but also sort of negatives um I guess for a long time, a lot of organizations will not, you know, they, they'll see it like, like you said, they'll see it as a small investment for a decent, decent enough reward. You know, the, the people who are committed to check mania and who follow those, those players are, are extremely committed. You know, they have been for 20 years uh, in the existence of this game. Um, and at a relatively small cost, I guess, to the organizations, you know, you see the following that some players like Bren and Carl Jr. can attract and that is massive, you know, for an organization for so, like Solary and Carmen Corp in terms of French players and French speaking players. Um, but they get, then again, when the bigger esports suffer, mm -hmm. it trickles down to us as well, because it might be that financially then orgs will sort of look to restructure. And if their Trackmania team comes under the microscope, then they might decide to ax it. Uh, and I think that's probably what's happened with BDS. It's Afi's left, that probably their biggest name in the game. And they've looked at the situation and they've had to make a decision on whether they want to 
continue in the game if they want to sign somebody else and continue investing. And they've probably realized that it just isn't worth it at the moment. And uh, the best decision for them was to, you know, uh, remove themselves from the game. Uh, and unfortunately, if other organizations, you know, are presented with that decision, I don't think at the moment I could blame them if they uh, exited the game. Yeah, um, and obviously, it, you know, it, it definitely feels bad to see any organization leave. Um, but again, if we bring it back to the League of Legends art, uh, angle, you look at the LCS where it's at, um, TSM, arguably the team of the league, uh, have have left. But it does open the door for organizations that really do care, that sort of second or at this point, yeah. third wave. Um, and particularly, you know, we see a big push for creator-led organizations and whether or not that can translate into Trackmania. You know, it's 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 we're in a very interesting spot, I think, with Trackmania where it almost feels like our biggest influences are bigger than the game and the attention they can bring to the competitive scene uh, could be really fascinating if, you know, if they put money behind teams or, or you know, we see with Zerator, with Zerator Cup, almost feels bigger than the world championship and the world tour in that, you know, it's, it's going to have a much larger audience, uh, in person or an audience in person. <laughs> and I think we're in a really interesting spot. There's opportunity there, like you mentioned, and I'm looking forward to see, uh, what develops. Um, so the hitting question, uh, accidentally in line with, uh, kind of where the conversation has been going. But, um, if you were to, uh, if we would give you the keys to the castle, so we get the uh, the Babs uh, tournament. Um, what do you think uh, the perfect Trackmania tournament would look like? And do you think um, it's feasible to make happen? Um, yeah, so before before giving my answer, I'll, I'll preface with a little bit of, uh, I guess, context. Is I, I, I won't pretend to know everything about uh, event organization. You know, I have... I've organized Trackmania events. Um, I've worked with partners, but it's never been my job or I've never had to do it professionally. So I'll, I'll never, um, you know, pretend to know what it's like to be in, in those shoes uh, of someone who has the pressure of doing it. But if I did uh, have that opportunity, I think a lot of people will, will know about me that when I'm motivated by something, I, I really... I'm really motivated by something uh, like I, I will chase it and I'll try to make it happen to the best that I can. Um, and I think it's definitely feasible to give Trackmania the competitive scene that it deserves. Um, I think that comes from a lot of different angles. You know, you can talk about formats and, 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 and various ways of working. Uh, but there's also sort of a media aspect, um, getting exposure for the players, you know, highlighting their characters, doing interviews with them, um, partnering with people who are invested in growing the esports and making it more stable um, and stuff like that. And I, I feel like a lot of people have made those efforts, but not um, there's been no cohesion in those efforts. So it's gone in various directions and has never really reached its true potential. It's kind of like I mentioned earlier, um, if the community comes together and works on one project or, or multiple projects um, together, I think there's definitely scope 
to grow from where we are at the moment um, and make it more attractive for people and people want to watch uh, the esports. What would I do differently? Um, I think I mentioned it with like the the media stuff, uh, the engagement with the players. I think there's a lot of stuff that today is passed off as negativity and and um, just people hating on stuff, which actually are just opinions of people who are you know passionate about the game and and want to see it grow. Um, mm. And some of those opinions come straight from the players. You know, the players at the top of the the food chain who have these ideas you know I, I watch some some like streams of players and when you see them being frustrated by either the map style they're playing or the fact that their competition isn't uh you know isn't potentially as big as it could be uh, you know watching some master streams he, he constantly says um like you know if, if somebody asked me then i could try and get sponsors or i could try and help in, in a various way you know people are invested to make this a better esports and i, I think gathering those efforts into one project or one place uh there's some, definitely something to be achieved there yeah i think um that does sort of also come off the back of of, of what we were just saying where there are big names in track mania that you know you see them then playing in tournaments and the tournaments probably get less views than their own stream yeah and it feels like there's a disconnect um i think you know we look at the co-streaming uh, obviously, it's been kind of done, let's say, uh, in regards to World Championship. Um, there's arguably too much production that needs to be done on the side of the co-streamer uh, in in the World Championship at the moment. Um, but that could unlock a lot. Uh, and I think, yeah, growing the uh, growing the scene through a series of tournaments. I always look at the you know the sort of Smash community and the things they're able to achieve with. Uh, well, not even minimal developer support, arguably negative developer support. Um, and I think they're able to put on some incredible yeah. things. Uh, and we've seen, you know, there's almost a blueprint there, I think, in part. And it'd be really interesting to see what the community can do with that. Yeah, no, no, definitely, for sure. I, I think the, the scene at the moment is a little bit too volatile. Um, if you look at it, uh, sort of a, a scale of TM2020 since its release, you know, how many format changes have we had at the top level? Um, and even just the fact that at the moment, or, or at least when, when this will be releasing the, the world cup qualifiers will have ended and they went with no official stream from Trackmania. you know, mm. en entirely covered by, uh, freelancers or people just, uh, passionate about the game who want to cover these matches. And I'm, I'm included in that. I was casting just yesterday, um, on, on some of Robbers' matches. And that's just such a shame to me, you know, because it's such a, like those those matches, I was so invested in it. The people who are watching as well are so invested in it. You know, Spam, who's one of the biggest uh, personalities and, and content creators that we have, was sat down casting for 10 hours yesterday mm. um, because he wants to highlight these games, no matter how big or how small, because he's as invested in the competitive scene as, as I am, as a lot of people are in the game as well. And I feel like we can't really rely on Nadeo to to push it forward anymore. Because because for me, if if we don't have even the basics of having matches covered by an official stream, then I would look more then towards a third party organizer or something community led or something community led and and involving a third party organizer. Yeah. I think that's a uh, food for thought, and um, yeah, I look forward to see what comes about uh, in in the coming months. 
and and see what particularly in the the void that the world championship will leave uh, once that has wrapped up um so finally uh no more questions just an opportunity for you to let us know is there anything you've got going on uh is there anything that you want to discuss before we head off um yeah so i mean you're in on the secret thomas um uh so a lot of subtlety in the uh, in the questioning but uh there is there is something coming um uh, something that i've been working on with a team of community members for most of this year uh pretty much um and it's something i'm very excited about i've put in a lot of time a lot of my own time a lot of people have put in their own time as well a lot of very talented people from the community have worked on this and uh we're going to try to make it the best we can uh, and it's something from the community for the community um and yeah hopefully everybody will enjoy it as as much as i hope they will um but just keep an eye out on the socials and uh and you might see what i'm talking about yeah sometime soon thanks a lot for coming on babs uh it's been a pleasure to talk to you as always and uh yeah look forward to what might be on the horizon thank you very much for having me Thanks for listening to Keeping Track. To listen to other episodes of the show, you can visit our Substack, www.nodal.media, or you can search for the show on your preferred podcast apps. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nodal Media, and even follow me at A. Thomas Davis. Thanks again for Babs for his time. I was actually quite ill this episode, so very grateful that he was able to hold the conversation, and I'll see you all next time.